Did you know that Tom Cruise was also up for uh, Billy Costigan's character? That would have been I a roll. horrible that choice. That would have just tanked this entire movie. Yeah. I mean. No. <laughs> um, for real. Oh, oh, I read that Tyler Perry wanted to play yeah. Anthony Anderson's yeah. character. And I was like, LOL. Like, Tyler <laughs> Perry, like, stop. Stick with Medea. Let Scorsese <laughs> do his thing with what he wants. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another riveting episode of Atlas No Streaming. My name is Jamie. And I'm Allison. And today we are joined by another guest. We have client manager Phil Sweeney with us today. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Thanks for joining us. We asked uh, Phil to join us because he also is a big lover of cinema. And also we just found out right before we started recording this that he has seen the original version of this movie we're going to talk about today. So I think that's kind of a cool insight because neither Allison or I have seen it, Um, which brings us into what we are reviewing today. We are reviewing Martin Scorsese's 2006 Best Picture winner, The Departed, or The Departed, if you you don't add the uh, Boston accent onto it. That was pretty good. Oh, thank you. So we decided to do The Departed this week because uh, tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day, and we thought it'd be fun to do an Irish-themed movie, which this movie is about the Irish mafia. So uh, we decided to go with this one. It was actually Allison's idea. She had never seen it, so... uh, it was a lot to take in yeah. that first time, huh? It was. <laughs> I was telling Jamie before this that I wish I would have recorded my reaction to the final scenes of the film, which uh, if you haven't seen it, spoilers ahead as always. Oh, yes, yes. But uh, I thought, you know. If you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen it, you should stop right now and you should go watch it because it is a phenomenal movie. And these are going to be serious spoilers. Yes. Uh-huh. It's all, that really will detract from the all beginning. two hours and thirty one minutes of this film is yep. tremendous and amazing. But uh, yeah, wow, that was a journey. It really is, and you know, it's I love Martin Scorsese movies. They have just a way with his themes, his symbolism, and just his directing in general is very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the awards that this movie won it won for the 79th annual academy awards in 2007 including best picture best director best adapted screenplay and uh best film editing which i think it definitely deserved that one on top of the other awards um it's funny because uh Martin Scorsese actually said that um, when it won Best Picture, he was surprised. He wasn't even thinking about the awards when he was making this movie because he said it was such a tough, nasty, and violent film, um, which didn't stop him because he did also do Wolf of Wall Street, which is also pretty nasty. Yeah. Also got nominated for Best Picture. (laughs) Lots of swearing. When I watched this movie... I, I heard racial slurs I've never heard before, mm-hmm. and I was, like, kind of uncomfortable. I think they used the F word and its derivatives, like, 238 times in the film. Yep. as a lot. And they, yep. they, they didn't hold back. No, not at all. On anything. It's phenomenal. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that Scorsese, pretty much his bread and butter is uh, going to be in not just violent, intense films, but gangster flicks in particular. Like, you know, he, Gangs in New York, uh, The Goodfellas, Casino. 
Um, he, he gets away from it sometimes, but for the most part, this is like his area of expertise. These are the yeah. films that he makes the better than anybody else can. Mm-hmm. Didn't he also do Hugo? Yes, he did. Yeah, he might have. Just like a family movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. You know, he's, I think he's, I think he's tremendous. One of my favorites of his um, is uh, Shutter Island. Oh, another Shutter one Island. with oh. uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Actually, they've done five feature films together and a short film. What is it? Wolf of Wall Street. Gangs of New York, Shutter Island. Ah, uh, The uh, Aviator. Ah, The Aviator. That's and The Departed. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought of that departed. one. The Departed. The Departed. Yep, sorry, I gotta do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed with that accent. Like, I loved this film because of that accent. I love Bostonian accents and, like, a really thick New York, Brooklyn accent, too. I liked, so. uh, in particular, Mark Wahlberg's accent in this movie was phenomenal. He, like, lays it on so oh, thick. Oh, God, yeah. And, you know, they said that they joked about putting... Uh, captions when he talked in the movie because it was so thick awesome. and it's funny watching it because at times I'm like what, what? I'm what like, did he say <laughs> I literally turn well I turn subtitles on all the time for most of the things I watch just because I feel like it's easier to pick up on things but yeah Marky Mark was great the only bad thing about Marky Mark was his haircut it was movie. really bad he's so, so cool in this movie <laughs> god so awesome. haircut it, Anyways, <laughs> he, he, he redeems the haircut in the end, I yeah. think. Definitely. <laughs> he saves the day. Um, so first, we'll just kind of briefly go into the plot. There is a lot to take in in this movie. Like Allison said, it's two and a half hours long. Um, if you're a person like me who falls asleep frequently while watching movies, you may have to watch it a few times. I literally had to watch it three times this weekend. And I've seen it before, but I wanted to refresh. And uh, I had to watch it three different times because I kept falling asleep. Not because it's boring. I mean, it is action-packed. There's actually, I uh, did a little research. A little research um the action the body count in this movie is 22 people so 22 people die in this movie plus just all the action in general um i think that's another thing i wanted to mention is the scorsese's uh the way that he directs films there's so much momentum so mm-hmm. even even the ones that he makes that are this long always feel like you're you're flying through it you know what i mean yeah. like it's just coming at you like a like a roller coaster ride or something right i kept you know, like clicking on my iPad to see like how much time had gone by and how much time was left. And I was like, you know, we're an hour and a half in and I'm like, oh my gosh, we still have so much like movie to go through. But it didn't even feel like it was long at all. I was just like ready for more. And I'm like, what, what, what else are they going to throw at you? It's (laughs) so crazy. And the title card doesn't even come up until 18 minutes into the film, which uh, puts things into perspective on how long it is. Um, so yeah, let's just get into the plot. So it starts off with, um, Colin Sullivan, who's played by Matt Damon when he's, um, I don't know, maybe 10 young kid. Um, and he's kind of adopted in a way, not legally or literally by Frank Costello sees him in like a, like a bodega or like a grocery store. Mm -hmm. Um, and we don't really find out a lot about Colin's history his family but I assume that he uh, doesn't come from a well-off family so he kind of takes him under his wing and kind of uh, grooms him to um, be an undercover cop he ends up becoming a cop in his uh, in his adulthood and uh, there's a line where uh, Frank played by Jack Nicholson who does an amazing job in this movie as well um, he says you know school's out you know, it's time to, you know, get to business. And mm-hmm. so he becomes a, a state cop and his main objective is to just protect Frank and the mob. Mm-hmm. So, and also this is the aspect of the film that's uh, based on reality is that 
Um, Jack Nicholson's character is supposed to be Whitey Bulger mm -hmm. from real life, who's an actual Irish mafia individual uh, yep. back in the day. Mm -hmm. And he does a great job of doing it. And I have a ton of stuff that, that Jack Nicholson did in the movie, but we'll get to that later. Um, so, again, fast forward to present day. Um, and then Billy Costigan, Leonardo DiCaprio, is also becoming a cop. Um, but he has a very rough background. And he gets recruited by um, um, Dignam and, oh my gosh, what is Martin Queenan. Sheen's? Queenan. He gets recruited by Dignam and Queenan to um, become an undercover cop. They kind of go into his history. They're very apprehensive at first. Like, why do you want to be a cop? Like, well, they, they your really family dig, is full of criminals. Yeah, they like really dig into him. His mom's family is like really wealthy, but his dad's family, like all of his uncles and everyone was in the mob. They talk about his uncle Jackie, mm -hmm. but his dad wasn't a mobster. I remember correctly but his dad had died and then his mom dies during the film and they're like yeah they're yelling at him they're kind of interrogating him like why would you want to be a cop like obviously you're probably going to be a mole and help out your family and they end up recruiting him to be this this undercover cop they make him um get some like assault charges he does some jail time to really solidify himself and then he dives in deep and he gets in with frank and the rest of the mob to kind of infiltrate them. So the whole, I mean, the big just core of this movie is both, Cost, um, sorry, not Costello, uh, Costigan, all these names sound so familiar, it's hard <laughs> to keep track. Yeah. Um, Co Costigan and Sullivan are basically trying to find each other out because towards the middle of the film, the cops find out that there is a mole and then the gang finds out there's a mole. So basically it's a race against time on who can find out whose identity first. There's actually a chase scene where Billy almost finds out who uh, Colin is um, after he meets up with Frank at a porn theater, which is a really interesting scene. <laughs> and you later find out that he actually recorded that conversation. You don't find that out until way later. But uh, he almost finds him out, loses him in the crowd, and... Uh, Basically, Billy starts, you know, there's a Queenan and Dignam are the only two people that know that he's a cop. Nobody else knows. He's not on the register. He's, he's really nowhere. So he's terrified that he's going to get found out and killed and no one's going to be able to help him. So they're like, okay, you know, we'll try to get you out of this as quickly as we can. Queenan ends up being killed because uh, Sullivan puts basically a hit out on him, like, follow him like I think he basically frames him saying we think he's the mole and after he gets killed yeah so yeah it's Queen crazy of. crazy they play from both sides at different like you know the it's like the cops and Sullivan it's so hard there's it's like there's so many double there's agents so many moving parts you can't keep track of who's who and the whole thing and which side are they on and it, it's crazy so many different revelations. Yeah, um, it's Queenan's played by Martin Sheen, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and he gets tossed off a roof. Um, after that, then uh, basically Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character. <laughs> wow, it's funny how microphones make you all of a sudden not know how to talk. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, he has to then uh, connect with Dingham, who is always the harder edge of that that group, you know. Yeah. And so he has a real hard time, you know, trying to get back in there and. And, and figure out where he should go next. And, he's, and he of course, resigns, too. More and more and more paranoid about what's going to happen next, uh, Leo's character does. And then, yeah, of course, 
Mark Wahlberg's character Dingham, he ends up resigning from the position. So then he's just kind of like, what do out. I do? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the only female character, main female character in this entire film is Vera, Her- Vera Farmiga, who plays Madeline, the uh, like psychologist that is helping out both Billy and Colin. She establishes a relationship with Colin, and she obviously has no idea the truth behind what he does. But they decide to move in together, and is it ordered for Billy to see her? Yeah. Like, he has to. And they kind of establish a a relationship as well. And they end up uh, getting pregnant, which um, she tells Colin about. But she wants, she obviously never tells him that it's not his kid. Do we know for sure it's not his? It's not said, but I think it's inferred. Well, I know that um, there is that scene where Madeline in the morning is, like, talking to... Colin and she's like do you want to talk about last night it happens to other people and that was uh, <laughs> that was Matt Damon's idea to be like this kind of impotent guy yeah as opposed to like Frank who you know he said that you know he was always hooking up with girls and whatnot, whatever but Matt Damon put that in there as a little character flaw I suppose yeah interesting but I th- yeah it's never really said but I think she I think it's like- Billy's kid I, th- I, I like think, to think it. I think that I, I like to think it too. I think that, I think that scene kind of gives it away. You know, I mean, that really is just is pretty much explaining that it's not his kid. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's the only sort of justice that can come out of <laughs> right. the, the results of the rest of the plot. So she actually, um, Vera actually did a little bit of research with an actual psychologist, and she told her like, yeah, everything your character does is wrong. Right. Like everything she does is wrong. Yeah, hooking up with a patient is like right at the top of things you don't do when you're <laughs> giving right. somebody therapy. Well, technically, it was she decided to move him to somebody else, right? right. And then they hooked up. But so I mean, I get still, it's still conflict, but yeah, <laughs> it's all kind of messy. But I do really like her character. You know that she has a good heart, and when she finds out, Billy basically, so kind of jumping ahead because we're going to talk about way more than the plot. Um, so basically there's this big shootout and you find out that Frank is actually um, an FBI informant. And that's basically the only reason why he never gets caught. Which is also true to real life. Whitey Bulger is yeah. revealed to be a actual FBI informant. Hmm. Interesting. Makes you wonder. <laughs> um, and when Colin finds out about this, he kills him. And um, there's like a shootout. Most of the crew gets killed. Colin's basically the only one left, and then there's Billy, who's still alive, and he comes back to the force, and they're going to recommend him for the Medal of Merit, um, and he's like, I just want to get paid, I want my identity back, and I want to go home, like, I'm done with this, I want to move on with my life, but Colin kind of realizes that he knows, because there's the scene where uh, they have Queenan's phone, he calls the number and it's Billy and they're both kind of like, who's on the other line? Like, who is it? And there's also the scene earlier where Frank wants all of his uh, crew members, basically all of their information, like who's the rat? I need to know who it is. Yeah, their identity, socials, date of birth, et cetera. And so at the end when they're kind of, you know, reconciling things like, oh, Frank's gone, like great job. You know, I'm going to do everything I can to get you your identity back. He leaves the room and Billy sees that list on his desk of all that information. He's like, well, why does this guy have all this stuff? And then he kind of connects. He was the mole all along. He kind of books it out of there. 
at the same time, Colin is basically erasing his identity. It was like he was never a cop. He never existed. So thankfully, Billy kind of realized that beforehand and takes basically, I think it's like a physical copy of his, of his record and gives it to Madeline. Like, you're the only person I can trust. Take this. And um, then in the mail, they get the recording from, from the porn theater from all earlier. his recordings. Yeah, all of them. Because Frank's lawyer gave it or contacted Billy because out of everybody, right. Frank trusted Billy the most, which I that's like a, a little saving grace in it too because I was like, <laughs> Colin, suck it. But <laughs> Billy, Billy gets this and uh, it's really, really amazing. Like the moment where Madeline, you know, plugs it in and starts playing it and is listening to it, she realizes what's going on and she he says sorry you know there's a scene way earlier when they're only dating for a few months and he's like there's things about my job I can't tell you and he was like this is one of the things I couldn't tell you about he was my informant and she obviously doesn't believe that doesn't believe it he calls the number on the cd rendezvous with with billy and uh Billy calls up. He hopes Dingham comes with him. Um, Anthony yeah. Anderson's character, one of the other cops, he tries to get both of them up there so he can arrest Colin. And um, they go down. And this is this is the hardest part. They go down the elevator. And he's <laughs> I like, shrieked. I'm not like, kidding. Oh, just just kill me. Colin's like, just kill me. You know, whatever. And and Billy's like, oh, I'm going to basically by sending you in prison. And then the elevator opens, and Billy gets shot by another mole. Of Frank's that was in the uh, in the police force. <laughs> just the moment when you you're just like, oh man, they got uh, uh, Matt Damon's character. He's finally gonna go down, and Leo's got him in cuffs. Everything's working out. Those doors open and just plap, and it's so quick and so shocking. It's so frustrating. You're just like, no, 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 it, and it seems like so unlikely compared to what comes from movies in general. That that's one of the beautiful things about it is how how much it is unexpected just because of the way that most movies are formulated. Right. right. You think like, yes, this is like the culmination, yep. the yep. climax of the entire movie. It's all bu- been built up to this. And then it's snatched right out from under you. Oh, God. It's awesome. And there's oh, another like- half hour left. Again. <laughs> <laughs> With like a, yeah. It, it, the movie, like, you know, unless you knew that there was so much more of the movie left, you would think like, this is it. Billy gets his justice. And then it's over. Yep. Nope. And then Colin kills the other cop, the other mole. The guy who helped him. Yeah. Anthony Anderson. Yeah. And then he's like, Uh, basically anyone who knew that he was a mole Mm -hmm. is gone. So he thinks he's in the clear. They have this big, you know, typical uh, ceremonial uh, service for Billy. Um, Madeline is there. He's recognized as being a hero, right? He gets like a posthumous medal or something like that. Well, and I think Colin did that because... He was happy being a regular cop, you know what I mean? Like, he was living his life with Madeline and doing all the normal cop things. And then this thing kind of resurfaces and he re- and he tries to eliminate all these people who know that he worked with Frank because everybody else is dead. He thinks he's in the clear. I think that's why he popped off that other guy. Yeah. But. And then he goes home. <laughs> And who's waiting for him in his apartment? It's old Marky Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Who uh, gets him with one shot, walks out of his apartment, and then the closing scene is very cool. It's a it's a view from his apartment, and there's a rat scurrying across 
the windowsill. Mm-hmm. I love the funeral scene, as sad as it is for Billy, but his face, Colin's face, Matt Damon's face, looking at Madeline, how upset she is, and like you can see the gears turning in his head when he is, he's like, why is she so upset? Like, whatever. And then he starts to click for him, and I love that. It's like, yeah, another nail in, the, in Colin's coffin yeah. for me. I thought that this movie was so interesting. I really liked that uh, Matt Damon was a bad guy because he it's against type for him. And yeah. so, it, but the little nuances that he brought to it and the aw shucks, gee golly, like the way that Matt Damon looks, and yeah. the way he acts. And then, but he's the ultimate like bad guy in this, this film, uh-huh. which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. And he's got like this crystal clear record, Alec Baldwin, who's like the police chief, I'm assuming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, I trust guys with clean records because I've got a clean record, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, yeah, Matt Damon, he... Can we talk about accents for a second? We've sure. probably talked about it a little bit, how much we love Bostonian accent. Okay, a little sidetracked, and don't hate me, but I absolutely hate Goodwill Hunting. I do not <laughs> like that movie. I find it so frustratingly terribly written. You like apples? How about these apples? <laughs> I got a number. <laughs> how you like them apples? It's so bad. Like The accents are so bad, and aren't they both from Boston, both yeah. him and Ben Affleck? Mm-hmm. They're so bad, and I don't understand. But the accents in this movie actually felt real. Yeah. And Leonardo actually had to go through some training for his. And it sounded like you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to overdo the accent because that's when it starts to sound hokey. Mm-hmm. And in that movie, in Goodwill Hunting, it's all just way over the top. But in this movie, it's a lot more subtle. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. good job, Matt Damon. You did a good job. I like the little subtleties of the accents that they have. Mm-hmm. Except for Mark Wahlberg, who... Uh, Way over the top. Very thick. But like that's his accent. Like that's just the way I think it added to his character. I mean, he was like this hard ass cop and Yeah, and I think they they mention where they're from, and that's what it is, is that he's from the same part of town as uh Billy's character, I think it Mm -hmm. is. And you know, the other side of the tracks basically. And you know, he's like one of those street thug people. Yep. So yeah, I mean it's actually funny because Mark Wahlberg said he based his performance on the police officers who had arrested him when he was a kid. <laughs> so, you know, all comes full circle. Right. Um, so let's get into a little bit of uh, trivia about this movie. There's tons of information just about the just the making of it and um, the actors in it um, that I thought was really fascinating. So we'll go over some of that. As we already talked about, um, it was a, based on a remake of the 2002 Hong Kong action movie Infernal Affairs. Um, and it runs at two hours, 31 minutes. Like we already said, this was actually Martin Scorsese's first and only Oscar win ever. That's crazy to me. He's never won an Oscar other than this. Whack. He's won Mm -hmm. some Golden Globes, but Mm -hmm. for directing, the only one. He's he's one of my favorite directors of all time. Hands down. His films are some of my favorite in I think a lot of people would say that too. I mean... There are some very notable directors out there, too. But I think a lot of people would say if you had to choose between, you know, these 10 best directors, who would you pick? And I think most people would pick him because his films are so thought-provoking. Like, you keep thinking about it far, far, far after the film is over. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're impactful. They really like And you can watch his you. movies over and over, I feel, and mm-hmm. not get bored with them because yeah, they're definitely not boring no <laughs> i think i've seen goodfellas probably 
25 times or something like that. Really? Oh, yeah. They're so captivating and as hard as they can be to watch and listen to. Because this movie is very violent. I mean, very violent and very vulgar. Um, But, you know, it's, it's... it's brilliantly done and the story is so well told yeah the balance is really staying away from being gratuitous which i think that he does really well that he he has uh, moments of very intense violence in most of his movies but it's never like uh saw and it's never like a a body count thing right it's always like there's a moment where you're like oh that's terrible that's horrifying and then yeah but it just keeps going and then it moves on so one thing that i find one of my favorite parts of this movie is the scene where uh, Frank, Jack Nicholson, and Billy Leonardo DiCaprio have their kind of like one-on-one when uh, Frank is first like, I smell a rat. And he pulls out a gun, and nobody knew he was going to do that. That was not scripted at all. Really? And so the look on Leonardo's face is 100% genuine. He had no idea he was going to do that. And he called that scene one of the most memorable moments of his life, which I think is awesome. And Jack Nicholson went off the cuff for a lot of these things. A lot of the, he ad-libbed a lot of lines yep. and kind of kind of pulled some stuff out. And I loved him. I know that Jack said that, you know, he played some like goofy characters or like funny characters like about Schmidt, some mm-hmm. other films kind of around that time. And he really wanted to, play a villain and he did it so well i loved him in it they talked about how um they wanted like al pacino to play frank Mm -hmm. they wanted um you know they had several other actors like slated for this film obviously brad pitt was one of them um gosh there were so many others dennis leary was another person that they had slated to um i think play Mark Wahlberg's character, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a lot of other actors. And the budget for the film was like, what, $90 million and over, and like half of it was just for the salaries yep. of the of the actors, which I is, I believe it. Wow. There, this movie has so it's much star, star power. Yeah. Like Alec Baldwin, I mean, he has a kind of minor part, but he's a. Even the minor parts are big. He's actors. a superstar. Yeah. yeah. Martin Sheen. I mean, yeah, we're not talking any no name actors. I'd say, unfortunately, again, it's probably Vera Firminga's the the smallest, right? You know, celebrity out of the bunch. Mm-hmm. And actually, Martin Scorsese wanted a a well known actress for that part. He had thought of Kate Winslet, Emily Blunt, Hilary Swank, or Jennifer Aniston originally. And frankly, I don't feel like any of these characters. Maybe Emily Blunt, honestly, but I think the rest of the actresses would have. I think it was so thinly written that it probably wouldn't have been. Right, worth it to have somebody too huge in the role. I don't I want to say it like that, but I mean it's it's true. Yeah. Honestly, that she her character is very is very small, and it's based on a few different characters from the original. Yeah. So um, Vera said that she she was the only one who did not watch the movie the original before they did this mm-hmm. because she thought it would be confusing because mm-hmm. her character would have been so different from the one that it was based on or the multiple that it was based on. I guess. Tell us about Infernal Affairs, yeah. like how it differs or how it's the same and give us kind of like a little insight. Um, Yeah, I mean, the biggest difference is that it's three movies as opposed to one. Um, So it's three two-hour movies. Uh, The first one, it's most of everything up to the point when they figure out who the mole is. And then the second one is when they are, you know, uh, well, when they find out there is a mole. And then the second one is on both sides. And then the second one is them trying to kind of combat each other. Mm -hmm. But it also ends with the good guy who's the mole in the mafia or the triad, the Chinese mafia or whatever, 
he gets killed. And then the third movie is like a bunch of flashbacks, you know, like kind of talking about how he set things up and what he did to try to, you know, set pieces into place so that he could ultimately reveal who the uh, good, the bad guy cop was Mm -hmm. that, you know, uh, Matt Damon or yeah, that Matt Damon plays. Um, Other than that, it's, it's very, very similar. You know, there's two women, like you mentioned before, instead of the one woman. Um, So it's basically her characters are split into Matt Damon's wife and uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's wife, uh, girlfriend. Um, Interesting. And that's really, yeah, there's not a whole lot to say about it. Like I said, this movie's way better, you know, and that's not, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there's some uh, pretentious film buffs out there that might say that, oh no, the original Infernal Affairs and, you know, is just so much, but I, I couldn't see why. I mean, we're talking about Martin Scorsese, you know, I mean, like right. this is a phenomenal movie. I mean, even and his, great actors. yeah, the, the shooting, the production value, I noticed there's a scene where they're in like the boardroom, Alec Baldwin and uh, Marky Mark and they're panning across the table and I'm like the only way that they're doing that is if they're like suspended over the table and like nobody would think to do that like a lot of the camera angles and the shots have such an impact like when uh, Queenan's body falls right in front of Leonardo and we're like right it's like we're right there it's so mm-hmm. shocking like a lot of the the production that they did was just had such an impact on the audience too. There's a couple of things actually that I wanted to go over um, just on symbolism alone that is really cool. Um, so throughout the film, uh, Scorsese used X's mostly shown in the background to mark characters for death. So a few examples, uh, Billy walking through the airport while talking to Sergeant Dingham, Queen and Falls to his death um, the, on the building's glass windows. Um, there are these they, X's. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Sullivan in his office discussing the flow of information with Costello. The X is created by the light shining through the window. And that's actually an homage to Scarface, which is interesting. The original Scarface yes. from 31. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the final scene, this is really cool. As Colin is walking into his apartment, the floor has large pattern X's on the carpet. He walks over two of them as he approaches the door, as if to say, strike one, strike two, and strike three being shot in the face by Dingham. Which I think is really cool. I love that scene. And they talk, or I I read something about how, you know, when um, Colin's first in the grocery store bodega when he's a kid, he has this thing of groceries and they put cartons of milk in it and some bread and some soup. And he's coming home with the same bag of groceries and he falls and some like bagels, croissants, and like cartons of milk are are in there. So it's kind of like the beginning and the end of this era is just... Those little subtleties, those little things are awesome if you can pick up on them. And which he, obviously I didn't. I had to look these up, but <laughs> looking back, awesome. Well, and also Scorsese apparently was doing the final touches on this movie like weeks before it was released. Oh wow! Which is incredible. The um, the the thing about the symbolism of death. It's funny because there's a couple other gangster things that I know uh, that did the same thing. If you uh, the Godfather series, anytime that they show oranges, generally that means that someone's about to die in the scene. You know. Oh, interesting. And then uh, Sopranos does the same thing with white shoes. If huh. there's white shoes in the scene, whether it's like on somebody's feet or in a washing machine or something like that, generally somebody's is killed shortly after. I mean, M. Night Shyamalan wow. even does that um, in the um, the Sixth Sense with obviously when it gets cold. 
you know that a ghost is coming or is near or the symbolism of the color red Mm. anytime you see red kind of symbolizes death ghost um but i think that how scorsese does all of his symbolism is is very uh superior Mm. also i thought this was really cool the scene where um frank is walking off with the angel kids the yacht in the background is the same yacht in wolf of wall street (laughs) that jordan belfort's on yep i love it it's kind of funny you know that um Scorsese only gets his one Oscar for this film, and Leo only got his for one Oscar for, for the, the Revenant. Revenant. The Revenant. We yeah. talked about this last yeah. time. That was a great movie. Um, it is, but like I, when I was just watching this the other night with Jake, he was like, "I just cannot believe he didn't get nominated for this, even just nominated." And I did a little research on that too. So there's a possible reason why he didn't. He was nominated for Blood Diamond this year. So, I mean, you can't really get nominated twice. Oh, okay, yeah. And um, Warner Brothers didn't want to favor him over the other co-stars because I would say this is definitely an ensemble movie. There's not one character that really stands out. Everybody does a really great job. Yeah. And he didn't want to have to compete and campaign against his co-stars in this um, supporting actor role. Sure. So that's why he didn't get nominated. But I find it interesting. I mean, Mark Wahlberg did a great job, but he was the only actor that got nominated for a role in this movie. Interesting. Nobody Which else did. I'm not I a find huge, strange. I'm not a huge Mark Wahlberg fan. Um, I guess that's kind of beside the point. But the uh, performance that he gives in this, while I like it and it's memorable, I think that it is very over the top. It's almost like it's almost to the point of being like a caricature. Yeah, I agree. he's really, really in your face. This I, the scene where they're like under the bridge, mm-hmm. and Billy's freaking out. He's like, he can't do this anymore. And Billy punches him in the face. He's you know egging him on. I was like, all right, let's <laughs> take it down a few notches, Mark. Like, right. <laughs> come on, come on. Yep. Um, some other uh, things that I researched. I know Jamie found this too. That were kind of funny. Jack Nicholson. He uh, refused to have anybody wear Celtics gear on set. Oh, and he refused to wear a Boston Red Sox hat. So he wore a Yankee hat. He wouldn't let any of the, the, the extras wear anything um, of, the, of the Celtics because he's a diehard Lakers fan, which I find funny. And the fact that people obliged, I guess. I don't know. I guess when you're a big-time actor, you... What a diva. To his own detriment. <laughs> right. Gosh. Right, that's and he improvised so, so much in this movie. Like the scene with like where he like throws cocaine and like it's like that with like the opera music. Like that was his idea. Wow, that was so weird. It was. It was so <laughs> like I feel like that didn't really fit. I know. I was yeah. like, what's the point of this? I, I think that's the thing that I took away the most from watching him in this is that he that you could just tell when it was like his thing like his scenes where he's acting it's just it, it feels like not the character that's that was initially being portrayed throughout the rest of the movie mm-hmm. yeah. it was just like it was just jack nicholson as he a was gangster. like i've yeah. always wanted to do this in a film throw right. cocaine on a bunch of on the opera women. scene um it was his choice to do that scene in addition to having both a white and black woman with him that was his <laughs> idea too so weird equal opportunity employed <laughs> he basically they basically just like kind of let him do whatever he wanted in this movie that's so interesting i didn't know he was like that i was yep. just imagined more professionalism but and you know he i love jack nicholson but he is such a weirdo yeah. <laughs> he just all of the movies that he's done especially like later on in his life he always plays such a like a skis in yeah a way. like um Oh gosh, what's that movie? 
Um, He's always got this kind of like evil laugh kind of. Those eyebrows don't help. Yeah. Just those evil like arching smile <laughs> type of thing. You're always like, gosh. And then he's like that in real life, too. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. when he gives interviews, and it's like, dude, who are you? Just a weirdo. Who's Jack and like, who is Jack Nicholson? Who is Jack Nicholson? <laughs> Can you imagine, though, if this had been Al Pacino? No. I, a totally different movie. Yeah, I, I, I'm so glad. You know, and it's funny because I don't really feel like uh, Jack Nicholson's performance in this is particularly great. Oh, and it doesn't really stand out in my mind. It, it, it comes across kind of more strange, you know. And he has these moments where he's intense and you're like, oh, that's that's an interesting choice he made there. But um, I can't imagine. I mean, Al Pacino. No, I can't. And I love Al Pacino. I do but too. But I no. Did you know that Tom Cruise was also up for uh, Billy Costian's character? That would have been a that horrible just, choice. That would have just tanked this entire movie. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no. Um, For real. Oh, oh, I read that Tyler Perry wanted to play yeah. Anthony Anderson's yeah. character, and I was like, LOL. Like, Tyler <laughs> Perry, like, stop. Stick with Medea. Let Scorsese do his thing with what he wants. Stop. <laughs> so, so uh, I thought this was interesting, too, because, again, Leonardo and uh, Scorsese, they do a ton of movies together. So Scorsese is actually developing a biopic on Theodore Roosevelt. Mm. And guess who's attached to play the president? Leo. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) So it's expected to go into production um, probably sometime 2020. Mm. Oh, I I found another fact, too, which blew my mind. I know that you know this, too, but... Um, there is a scene kind of towards the beginning where, um, Colin is talking to one of his buddies in the police force. I think they graduated together and he's like, gosh, how did you make detective? how did you climb the ladder so fast? And Colin says, do you have any suits at home or do you like going to work looking like you're going to invade Poland? (laughs) And he's referring to the fact that the Nazis modeled their uniforms after the stadies, the Massachusetts State Police, mm-hmm. which is, like, very true. And, wow. Um, because if you – their uniforms are very elaborate. I like the the belt that goes from, like, the shoulder to their hip, and they have um, – they're very, like, structured, and they have a, a lot going on. But definitely take a look between the two and – a lot of similarities. I think, honestly, even us, everyone, after you wa- listening to this podcast, go watch the movie again and just, like, really pay attention. Yeah. There's so... And sp- another thing, the scene at the end or towards the end when um, Madeline finds out about what Colin really does and he, um, it's those quick little cuts of him, like the shower, you know, the shower turning on, um, that was actually an homage to Psycho. Oh, that's so, a good one. Yeah. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of inspiration in this movie. I think Martin Scorsese this is, is just like incredible. Being in the DVD commentary for the movie, <laughs> hanging out with you two, <laughs> I I love I love anytime I see a movie, especially for the first time, I will immediately go to the internet and yeah. just research it because I just I love to know more. I love to just read more about it, how it was made, and and learning more about this movie was really fun because it's more than just a really cool you know gangster movie. It's there's so much that went into it and just how Martin directed it, how it was edited is incredible. Yeah. Every, so. yeah. It's like they they thought of everything. They really did. And I don't think there's anything that they could have added 
that would add to the film. You know what I mean? No, like, I agree. It's not, and the, there's no missing plot holes in my opinion. Mm-mm. I mean, it leaves a lot of questions. I'm like, okay, is Madeline's baby Collins or is it Billy's? What was really in the envelope? Because they don't, you know, ever come out and say exactly what and who who's a who's a rat. There's the the one. Um, member Frank's crew and he's you know after they have the uh conflict at the building the 344 yeah. he tells him the wrong address and he shows, shows up, up to the, the right, right one place. he said ask me why I didn't say anything and right. he dies and then he dies oh, and man. it's like was he an undercover cop too or how many moles are there yeah was he a mole or did he like what did he know and it's and I like movies like that that leave a little bit up to interpretation, like a little bit, you know, you kind of get to f- ambiguity. Yeah. Yeah. And not so much where it's like, what at the end, but a little bit of, hmm, it's part of know? that keeps you thinking about the movie. Kind of like Inception, you know, at the end of Inception with the top turning, does oh. it fall over hmm. or does it not? Does it not? Um, but yeah, so, uh, let's get into our reviews here. We go on a five star review scale. Oh, gosh. I think I'm going to give this one a four out of five because, um, again, just, I mean, I'm not going to go over everything we just talked about, but just the the directing, the editing, the cast is superb. Uh, the writing is, is great. Everything about this movie is very well done. The only reason I don't give it a five out of five, well, I guess there's two reasons. One, I don't know if there's a five out of five movie out there for me just yet. Um, but two, just because... Um, for me personally, it, there's a lot to take in. Um, not to say that I'm like against violence in movies, but there is a lot of that that you have to get around. Again, not gratuitous, um, but there is there is a bit, and the vulgarity at times can be a bit much. Um, and the ending is really frustrating. You know, I mean, I, I feel like it shouldn't have a happy ending, but at the same time, this whole, you're, you know, you're spending this whole movie mulling after all these characters, and most of them die. Like, honestly, the only guy who lives is Alec Baldwin and Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> so, yeah. but otherwise, I, I wouldn't say it doesn't have flaws, but I wouldn't say that it's flawed either. I, I do definitely really love this movie. It's a long one, but it's definitely um, a rewarding journey, I think. I am going to go ahead and say that I give this film a 4.5 out of 5, which I was surprised you didn't hear me say earlier, I watched it for the first time this week, and I just love the cast. I think the writing's incredible, the way that they film the movie, and I mean, the um, just like all the little bits of the characters that add to it, and the amount of research that they put into this to really make it authentic by having you know, um, consultations with real psychiatrists or real undercover cops mm-hmm. or real people like in the game, like that is so much effort. And for all of the characters to really, or all the actors rather, to really dive into that, to make their characters authentic, I think it's really great. And obviously Martin Scorsese, I feel like he can do no wrong besides maybe Hugo. I haven't seen that. Watch Last Temptation of Christ. That'll change your mind real fast. <laughs> But yes, I'm going to stand by my 4.5 out of 5. Uh, I'd have to say this is a 5 for me. Um, I'm, I'm fairly critical of movies, but the Martin Scorsese, most every film that he's ever created ends up being one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. Um, there's so much in this flick. Uh, the, 
the subtle performances, the good ones, like uh, Matt Damon's, I thought his was really, really good. He uh, strikes you as being uh, invested in making sure that Frank gets what he wants, but at the same time, he's conflicted because he's, he's established all these new ties with people. And, and at the same time, you know, he's, he's thinking about his past and where he came from and then where he wants to go in the future. And he realizes that he outgrows Frank at a certain point. Yeah. And so he has to move on. But the way that Matt Damon does it, I think, is, is brilliant. You know, his contrast to um, Leo's character, who, you know, is 100% invested in the law and justice and doing the right thing, so much so that he gives up everything, his identity, just to, just to get in there and try to infiltrate this group and take it apart from the inside. I mean, it's... it's the, the story itself is very thought-provoking. Uh, as far as movies goes, it's beautiful. It's shot perfect. Every scene uh, moves quick enough that you're like, it's it, the camera's pointed where it needs to be, and you can feel the momentum the whole time. The jokes, the scripting, everything that comes out of everybody's mouths is just perfect. Um, I, it's just a, a, it's just such a fun movie to watch. It is violent. It is vulgar. If that's something you're not into, it might turn you off a little bit, but I really... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great flick. I, when I say five out of five, that doesn't mean it's my favorite movie ever, but it is one of my top favorite movies that I've seen in a long time. I was really shocked when it came out. I was like, man, this movie is phenomenal. I think I might actually change mine to 4.5. Because <laughs> um, I, I did really Phil, like it. Did, uh, did Phil's uh No, I was thinking it once you started talking to you. I'm like, mm, I feel like four isn't fair. <laughs> but, but again, you know, I'm... I'm really picky with movies too, and not to say that I'm trying to pick this one apart to not give it a five. It's just I am so, I like so many different kinds of movies that I don't really know how I can really gauge what is a five for me. Maybe we'll find it one day, um, but uh, this one came very close. So if you guys are interested in watching this movie, it is available on Netflix. Uh, if you have a subscription, you can also rent it on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, or Vudu. I've actually never heard of that. But, oh, I've um, used that before. But that is out there, or you know. Go old school, get a DVD player, and uh, get it on DVD. I actually have it on DVD, but I don't have it set up. I moved into my new house a few months ago, and I still don't have it set up because I don't watch DVDs enough. Um, but uh, you can definitely watch it there as well. Um, and let us know what you guys think of this movie. This is definitely one of our favorites, as you can tell. Um, and uh, next week, we're thinking of going towards a show. So, um, you know, we haven't done a show since the beginning, so we'll probably do one of those for the next one we'll keep that a surprise until next week um until then um you guys have a great saint patrick's day be safe but have fun and uh maybe watch this movie with an irish coffee or something or a guinness if that's what you're into as well um but as always have a good night we'll see you next time bye bye